0: And to all of you who are visiting, welcome. It's great that you are here with us celebrating Pesach. So I hope uh, everybody had a wonderful first Seder last night. I know I'm very excited about our Seder tonight. Um, we survived all the cleaning and the schlepping and everything else in order to, uh, to move into Pesach. In Leviticus chapter 23, we read, Eleh mo'edeh Mikra e asher b'mo'edam. These are the appointed seasons of the Lord, holy convocations which you shall proclaim in their appointed season. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at sundown, which was yesterday, is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day, which is today, of the same month, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Chag unto Hashem. For seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And on the first day you shall have a holy convocation. You shall not do ordinary work. And you shall bring a fire offering unto the Lord for seven days. On the seventh day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any manner of ordinary work. Passover recounts God's deliverance of the Jewish people from Egypt approximately 3,300 years ago. That's why it's also known throughout our prayers as Zaman Chirutenu, the time of our redemption. Passover has remained a distinct identity marker of the Jewish people throughout years of dispersion and turmoil and remains one of the most widely observed Jewish practices to this day. Even Jews who are not really religious and don't usually go to synagogue usually will do something with their families on Passover. God commanded us for these seven and outside of Israel for eight days to eat matzah, the bread of affliction. I know when I used to be a kid, I always used to think, that's such the right term for matzah, the bread of affliction. (laughs) (laughs) This cardboard really is an affliction for the whole time of Passover. And the reason is because chametz represents, or chametz, right, represents sin, which we can't have during Pesach. Because it's that stuff within us that puffs us up, that makes us think of ourselves a little more highly than we ought. Israel was to offer up a Passover sacrifice, a yearling lamb or goat without defect. The lamb was to be taken into the home and treated as a loved member of the family until it was to be sacrificed. This is the thing that always gets me, is at the beginning of the month of Nisan, you were supposed to take this lamb And not just put it in a pen outside of the house and occasionally walk out there to throw some grain at it. It was supposed to be taken into your home to be a beloved pet. So that when you sacrifice this lamb, it cost you something. So that this wasn't just your typical lamb. You're taking Fluffy, (laughs) who your kids are now screaming and crying when you drag that lamb out of the house because it has to cost something because those kids know what's about to happen. And don't forget to give to Venmo. (laughs) (laughs) In lieu of a sacrifice. (laughs) During this covenant commemorative meal called a Seder, the lamb was to be eaten along with matzah, and Maror, the bitter herbs. The Passover week actually includes three separate yet connected holidays. What are the three holidays within this week of Passover? The easiest one is Passover, right? Which is how many days? It's technically, biblically, only the first night is Passover. Outside of Israel, we have two nights of a Seder, and then the rest of the week is called what? Chag HaMatzot, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But there's a minor holiday, a very minor one, but for us as Messianic Jews is a major one that gets thrown into the mix of that. And what is that? <laughs> Yom HaBikurim, right? It's what we call either Resurrection Day, but it's the Feast of Firstfruits. There were actually two firstfruits in biblical times, and there are two times where we have holidays called Yom HaBikurim, One is this one, which is a minor one. And then we have another Yom HaBikurim. What is that? Shavuot is called. And the reason why is because there are two different harvests, right? There's the early harvest and the latter harvest. The first harvest is the barley harvest, which always occurs right around Pesach. The second one is the wheat harvest, which happens around Shavuot. According to Leviticus 23.14, we're not allowed to eat any grain until an offering of the first fruits of your harvest was brought before Hashem. So the reason why you brought this is because then you could actually partake of that which belongs to you after first giving to God a, just a representative of what really in actuality all of it belongs to God. That's even when we tie the idea of a tenth, a ma'aser as we call it in Hebrew, is it's kind of just recognizing that it's all God's anyway, and he just puts us as stewards of what he gives us, right? And so, in, so as a token of rec- recognizing what really belongs to God, we give God a tenth, a ma'aser. Beginning tonight, we begin counting. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead of myself. So in every generation... The Torah tells us that we're supposed to say, when God delivered me from Egypt. This is in Deuteronomy. Understand what it's saying. This is not the generation that left Egypt. Remember, Deuteronomy, when you read Deuteronomy, is the next generation. It's the generation of the children and grandchildren of those who died in the wilderness. And and the Torah says that Moses tells the children from God that when you celebrate Passover, you're supposed to say, when God delivered me. Because there are two things that every Jew alive today or ever in the past or ever in the future did, according to the Bible. Mystically, mysteriously, every Jew stood at Mount Sinai and every Jew was delivered from Egypt. But more than that, on a mystical level, there's a practical level, that in reality, when we celebrate Passover, the reason why we're supposed to celebrate as though we ourselves have been delivered from Egypt is because we are all being delivered of something. And every year, I always think, man, I was delivered last year from Egypt, this this year is going to be cake. (laughs) Not literally cake, you know, it's matzah cake, but which makes it worse, right? (laughs) but we're all working through something. Every year when we're working on getting rid of the chametz within our homes and within ourselves, we realize the next year that there's a corner that we forgot. And I don't know what Egypt is for you this year, but as we continue to celebrate Passover, that God would deliver you from that thing that is your bondage. That not only as... Uh, was said during the homily that God would bring us out of Egypt, but God would take Egypt out of us. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing during those 40 years when we wandered the desert was not that God took us out of Egypt, it was trying to get Egypt out of us. Over and over and over again, we wanted to go back to bondage. Because it's so much easier to deal with what we're familiar with than the fear of actually being delivered of that which we're used to and comfortable with. We get so used to our pain and our hurt and our suffering and our brokenness that it's much easier to deal with that than it really is to deal with freedom. Yetziat Mitzrayim, our redemption from Egypt was the central event that turned a band of slaves into a nation. The Exodus is really what created the Jewish people. Not that we didn't have origins earlier than that, but this is when God really begins to shape and direct our direction. That's why there's so many word plays with the word mitzrayim in Hebrew. We have the word "Mitzori," which is bondage and limitations. We also have the word for a birthing canal, Because it is through the birthing canal, the crossing of the Red Sea, the womb there, the waters of the womb in which we were birthed out of, which made us who we are. And that's why as we go through Passover this year, to realize that God wants to birth something within you. And that event was so central for the Jewish people that not only are we telling that story every year ever since then, It becomes the central theme over and over and over again within our our prayers. Within the morning service, multiple times we keep going back to the idea of yetziat mitzrayim, our deliverance from Egypt. Why? Because to understand the concept of salvation from a Jewish perspective is to begin with our deliverance from Egypt. This wasn't just... People make the mistake of thinking this was just a, a, a practical, physical redemption. This was not such a simple thing. It was also a spiritual redemption. It was a redemption for God to call us out, to set us apart, to make us his people and put us on the path of holiness. We didn't always live up to that, (laughs) but it was the intent. So during this time, we're supposed to get rid of all of the things that originate from five grains, right? What are the five grains? Anything that's from directly or indirectly from, what are the five grains? Wheat, barley, spelt, oats, and rye, right? This is the five things that the Bible says you cannot have anything related to these things. But in good old-fashioned biblical stuff, whenever it says, don't do one thing, it has another thing that says, do it. (laughs) So it also says, you can't eat wheat, but we're supposed to eat what? Matzah. What do you make matzah from? Wheat. (laughs) But it's specially prepared wheat and baked in a way that is specifically for Pesach. So what seems like a contradiction is really, actually, God is trying to teach us a lesson. But time is forcing us to move on. So <laughs> Leviticus 23 also goes on to associate another command with Passover, and that's the counting of the Omer. In Leviticus 23, beginning in verse 15, it says, <laughs> from the day after the day of rest, that is from the day you bring the sheaf for waving, you are to count for seven full weeks, until the day after the seventh week, you are to count 50 days, and then you are to present a new grain offering to the Lord. So for seven weeks, for 50 days, we are supposed to count, to be actively counting up to the 50th day, which is Shavuot, which we bring another grain offering. This is in the other Yom HaBikurim, right? And during this time, it's called the counting of the Omer. And we're supposed to begin this counting from the day after the first day of rest. And there is a disagreement, at, at least in biblical times, there was disagreement over what it meant by the Shabbat. Did it mean the weekly Shabbat or the first day of the, the week? We follow, according to the sages, the, the dis- conclusion that was from the first day is also considered, any holiday is also considered a Shabbat. So that we start counting tonight, which we'll be doing at our Seder. And we count seven full weeks, 50 days, to Shavuot. Shavuot is called Shavuot because what does Shavuot mean? mean? It means weeks. We're supposed to count weeks, so the holiday itself is called weeks. The word Sheva in Hebrew is seven, right? Shavuot, which is from the seven, means week. Shavuot is the plural that means weeks. And so we literally count seven weeks, Sheva Shavuot like seven weeks and then we reach the festival of Shavuot. According to Leviticus 23.14, we're not allowed to eat uh, why do I keep jumping around? <laughs> Today's one of those days. I can't stay focused. Beginning tonight, we begin counting and recite the bracha. But there is another festival as we as we've always already talked about, connected to Passover. And that's Yom HaBikurim, the festival of resurrection. Beginning tonight and through tomorrow, followers of Yeshua around the world will be remembering and celebrating Yeshua's resurrection. So the question is, how does this relate to Passover? We just read a moment ago, or at least we discussed, Leviticus 23. And beginning in verse 9, it says, Adonai said to Moshe." Tell the people of Israel, after you enter the land I am giving you and harvest its ripe crops, you are to bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the Kohen. He is to wave the sheaf before Adonai so that you will be accepted. The Kohen is to wave it on the day after the Shabbat. On that day, you are to wave the sheaf. You are to offer a male lamb without defect in its first year as a burnt offering for Adonai. Interestingly, Yom Habikurim, which is the feast of first fruits, is also known as a feast of resurrection. This is the day that we know that Yeshua actually rose from the dead. There's a reason why it happens to always coincide with Easter, is because this is the day according to the Jewish calendar in which Yeshua understood all the symbolism and the typology and everything that goes along with it, the purposes of being resurrected on this specific day. There is so much within the Gospels, this concept this, uh, of agrarian imagery, of harvest and seeds and sheafs, and we see this over and over again, especially with Shavuot. Tomorrow is the first fruits for barley, which was always harvested around Passover. I want to emphasize that this agrarian imagery of resurrection should not be lost. Yeshua, in speaking of his own death and resurrection, states states in John 12, the time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Yes, indeed, I tell you that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it stays just a grain. But if it dies it produces a great harvest. Yeshua is the first fruits of the resurrection of the dead. He is the first fruits of our redemption. His resurrection prepares the way for the great resurrection and Yeshua's return. And we as believers are the first fruits of an even greater work that must happen before Mashiach returns. This is why James writes in his his first chapter, having made his decision... He gave birth to us through a word that can be relied upon in order that we should be a kind of firstfruits of all that he created. Tomorrow on the day of resurrection, we recall the miracle of Yeshua's resurrection and we remember the price that he paid for it. As followers of Messiah, we too are to be that type of firstfruits. That we are to embody that purposes, and that act that he did for us. The concept of resurrection, techiata metim, plays a central role within Jewish thought. All over the Tanakh, we see this concept of resurrection. In Jewish texts, we also read this over and over and over again. The Talmud contains an entire section discussing resurrection in the Tractate Sanhedrin. And even in our liturgy, The very first thing that a Jewish person is supposed to say upon opening their eyes in the morning is modani, right? I give thanks to you, O Lord, for restoring my soul to me so that I can worship you another day. This idea that you have restored my soul to me, that in the Bible, sleep, this is why they constantly say, he's just sleeping, is sleep was considered just a step above death. (laughs) When you sleep, and we know this, right, your body sort of shuts down a little bit, which is a good thing, because that's how you rest. But they believed that when you woke up, you, what God was doing was restore, restoring your soul to you another day, and that's why we even say it in our prayers. Also, there's another prayer called Elohai Neshama, where we also talk about and thanking God that he has restored our soul to us another day. And in the Amidah, over and over again, we say, Baruch atah Hashem, blessed are you Adonai, Mechaye Hametim, who resurrects the dead. Yeshua is the firstfruits of the resurrection. Through him we have assurance that one day we too will be resurrected. And as followers of Yeshua, we too are to be firstfruits of all that he has created. How is your life and my life a reflection of firstfruits? What are we doing to let our light shine in preparation for Messiah's return? During Passover, as we celebrate our redemption and focus on resurrection, we also begin to count with anticipation up to Shavuot. That what God is doing with us now is supposed to culminate and really reach its climax with Shavuot. That Passover is only the beginning of an entire season of God working within us. If you're coming to the Seder tonight, we're going to be celebrating this and talking about this and moving forward. Inside of your bulletins, all of you should have a card that looks like this, a green card. Every single year, the UMJC sponsors a prayer campaign in which we join together with other Messianic believers and congregations throughout the world in anticipation and praying through the 50 days. It says that we're supposed to actively count, and part of the act of counting is to be able to to actively participate in that. And there are whole themes that go with each day that on the back, you can see that there are scripture verses that are associated with each day. And you can follow along, and you can go to the UMJC website. But I want to encourage you to, to be actively involved in the counting this year, to not just count it, but to follow along with the readings and the verses and to understand that we are not alone as a congregation when we go through these things. Not only do we join with our people throughout the world, but we're joining other Messianic believers in unity leading up to Shavuot and the giving of the Torah. I want to also encourage you that I know there's a lot this weekend with the service this morning. We had a Seder last night, a Seder tonight. But to join us on Sunday morning for our Yom Habikurim picnic, which in your bulletin, there's a map of the Seder tonight and on the back side is the information for for the picnic. Because that's when we're really going to be spending the time focusing on the resurrection of Yeshua. And it's always a fun and powerful time. Note, as we've mentioned before, it's at a different park this year due to the fires that are Normal park is still closed due to the damage that it uh, sustained. So make sure to follow where that is. It's not far. It's just a few blocks from where we normally meet. But there's a lot happening this week. And I know it's a lot physically and emotionally and spiritually. But there's a reason why God calls us to a marathon. Why God puts us through the press. Because it's exactly what we go through in life. Why? So that we can work through what we need to work through so that when we receive the Torah on Shavuot, we're doing so ready and prepared to meet with our king. Avinu Malkinu, our father and our king. I pray that on this Pesach, on this Passover, that you would continue working deep within us. It doesn't matter how long we've been a follower of Yeshua, doesn't matter how long we've been observing Passover. What matters is that every year we take seriously the idea to get rid of the chametz, not only out of our homes, but out of our lives. It's important that we take it seriously because not only is the concept serious, but there are so many things that are residual that we haven't dealt with. The years that we think that we've done a great work on introspection and forgiving and forgiving ourselves, the next year we find out that there's just a whole other thing waiting for us. But the reason why God commands us and calls us to do this self-introspection is not only to build character, as it says throughout Scripture, but so that we can be holy as He is holy. Not that we become perfect, but instead we become more shaped and like him. And if that's not happening in your life, not that we don't have the ups and downs, but if you can't look back over the course of your life and see how you are changing and being molded closer into his image, then that's what I would encourage you to really dig deep into this year. Because over the course of our lives, again, we can't be perfect, but we are being changed from glory to glory. God, purge us. Remove the dross in our lives. Remove the chametz, that which puffs us up, that which makes us think that we are either better or greater or better for something. Self-confidence is important. That's from God. But the line between confidence and arrogance is sometimes hard to see. Help us, God, with your help to be confident, but not arrogant. To never let ourselves get puffed up. To either think that we're better than someone else or that that particular task is above, is uh, underneath me. Because Yeshua demonstrated by doing the least actions, the things that were looked down upon by others, like washing someone's feet, is what we're called to. We need to be least so that we'll turn out to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Deliver us, God. May this be the season of our redemption, not only for us as individuals and as a community, but for our people. Would you continue to awaken us, to remove the veil over our eyes, so that one day we will see all Israel saved and as one Declare those words that we were discussing earlier. Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We thank you on this Pesach, on this Shabbat Pesach. And we're only at the beginning. But I pray that you would do great things. And that 50 days from now, we would have amazing stories and testimonies of the work that you're doing. We pray all of this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So please rise so we can seal what God is doing within us.